This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. This is Talk of the Town, and I told a fib a minute or two ago. I said it was telephone free for all because I wasn't looking at my notes. Had I looked at my notes, I would have seen that Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer are with me. Had I had my wits about me, I would have realized that it was 10.30 on Wednesday, and it's time for left, right, and center. So I apologize for that. I just had a brain cramp there, and there's probably a fine for that somewhere. I forgive you, Jim. I was thinking I was going to have to race for a phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob and uh, Jeffrey are with us today, and traditionally we do talk about things political, and today I want to take just a quick look, guys, at, uh, at this Unite the Right business. Um, I've been taking some flack lately, through emails mostly, because I said I don't, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think it's anywhere near the fate accompli that they're letting on that it is. And I just maybe like to get your thoughts on it too. I, I, you know, let me just paint the scene a little bit. I think you've got, you've got Peter McKay who promised he wasn't going to do this to get elected. Everybody knew we wouldn't keep the promise anyway. But it's gonna, it's gonna disaffect a certain percentage of people. Uh, David Orchard out there, the uh, the Tory who would be uh, left wing. Uh, the, the strangest figure in Canadian politics today by a long shot, and he's saying, no, 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 all you Tories that are with me, stay with me because uh, this is a sellout and it's not going to do this and it's not going to do that. You've certainly got some hardcore uh, former reformer types that are not going to buy into uh, getting into bed with the Red Tories. Um, you've got this this questionable leadership race. You've got Mike Harris supposedly going to ride in on a white horse, although why people think he's the salvation of the nation is beyond me. Uh, it just looks to me like there's a long way to go, and uh, yet many people are talking as though it's a fait accompli, and I want to ask you guys what you think of it. Jeffrey, I'll start with you. Well, I, I was surprised when they came to a deal on it, but you're right that they do have an awful long way to go, and I and I, I think they're still going to come aground at some point over this issue of social conservatism as opposed to fiscal conservatism, uh, because it seems like the majority of the Conservative Party are still the, um, you know, fiscally conservative but not socially conservative, and that the um, the number of people in Canada who truly are the real social conservatives, I just don't think are going to be enough to form a government. Uh, anytime soon. So uh, it, it's it's remarkable that they made the deal. I, I When I listened to Stephen Harper every every so often when they were negotiating, I just thought, boy, it's amazing the guy ever got managed to find a bride because uh, his, his version of getting together with uh, the Tories seemed to be bashing them. Every time he turned around, he was either leaking something or complaining about them or whatever. And I just thought, boy, that's pretty attractive. I'd like to join up with that guy. But to his credit, he, he pulled it off. Um, but at the end of the day, though, how far that will take him, I don't know uh you know that certainly preston manning didn't have much luck with it and i think that he was a much sharper guy than stephen harper um so so we'll see the other thing that that occurs to me is there was a column that tom wacom wrote in the star on the weekend about uh, how successfully the liberals have occupied most of the former platforms of the right and uh, how it doesn't leave that much room for a fiscally conservative uh, socially moderate government to come in and he said you know that the, the liberals were, the, were were really the ones who did most of the slashing that resulted in the downloading that resulted in the provincial cuts in Ontario, uh, you know, that they are the guys who got rid of the deficit, they've made substantial reductions to debt, something that the uh, Harris Tories did not achieve. Uh, and uh, I see yesterday or the day before that I've got aides to Paul Martin saying the first thing he's going to do is uh, substantial um, cuts to um, ministries, federal ministries. Yeah, right. So, but you know, when he said when they when they're doing the things they've done and saying the things they have, you know, what's left for a a moderate right wing leader to say? Bob, what do you think? Are they going to do this? 
Well, it sounds like they're going to try to do it, but I think a lot of people don't know what's going on in the background here. We've just started investigating this whole so-called merger. The statement of principles that was released for this new conservative party is the PC statement of principles. Mm -hmm. Every one of them, word for word, except for the last one. Mm -hmm. What's the last one? Oh, I, I can't even remember what they are. I wish I had brought it with me. If I, and we were talking about this today, but they had very nebulous principles. It was all mom and apple pie, it was all stuff, mom and apple pie yeah. stuff and absolutely zero policy. This new so-called conservative party has zero policy. There's no no policy, no it's a it's a party without a policy, without a leader, um, without any history behind it in terms of what it's going to be. And it's amazing. I think this is a media driven thing. I think the media wants this because elections in Canada are getting so darn boring with mm -hmm. the liberals just winning over and over and over again. Now you create this new uh, bastardized hybrid of conservatism, which is no longer going to be a party that stands for something, but against something. They want to beat the liberals. I mean, if that's the point, why not join with the NDP? Why not join with everybody? Then you got the numbers you need to Just beat the liberals. Form a broad-based coalition, right. the, the beat right. the liberals right. coalition. If that's what you're into, then do that. There's no point in what's you know this infighting about, among similarly minded people, which which are the, they're the worst enemies in politics are the people who think similar to you, not the people who are totally 100 percent opposed to you. They they can actually do you a lot of good. Let me ask um, you this question to both of you. Mm -hmm. uh, the point has been made that the liberals have co-opted most of the traditional old style progressive conservative platform what if the pc what if they do manage to put this together and what if they indeed started afresh in canadian politics and that is to say to de de delineate their own platform but not delineate it in what makes it different from the liberals do exactly what the liberals have done take the good parts Take all the good things that have been co-opted from them, take all the positive things, build around them their own platform, so that in a sense, they're not all that different from the liberals, because we know they can't be and get elected anyway. Isn't that time for somebody to sort of wake up to that realization and say, why don't we play the same game that the liberals have played so effectively? They, they, the liberals don't have a policy either. If you look at both of the constitutions of both the Canadian Alliance and of the uh, provincial or the federal PCs, they have completely opposite operating constitutions. In both the Liberal and PC party, the leader decides what policy is. Nobody else has any choice at all. Vote, vote, uh, the members, quote, members can vote on, uh, what do they call them, resolutions, mm -hmm. which is basically petitioning the leader to please do this, and the leader can say no or yes or go away. On the other hand, you've got the alliance, which is a bottom-up party where the, supposedly the members make policy. This, these are two conflicting ideas of how to run a political party. Yeah, but the members making policy is not, in the long run in this country, I don't think is going to work. It's a lovely thought. No, I, I agree. It doesn't. Um, and I don't think that the leader making policy by himself is, is the answer either. I think it's something in between. Government by committee. Um, well, you have to have, I believe in representative democracy. Sorry, mm -hmm. I don't believe in uh, the people voting for every little minutia that goes along because it, that's disastrous mm -hmm. to any society that succumbs to that belief. Mm -hmm. Um but that that having been said, I just the, the incompatibilities between what both of these organizations were in the past. Um, so far, I've seen it seems to be the alliance given up all of their 
um, platform and, and statements of principles. I know one of the th- principles they added was a, was a full recognition of official bilingualism mm-hmm. from coast to coast, which was, which, was, which was one of the big uh, things that the Reform Party used to not be in favor of. In fact, build a large part large part of its membership base. Now, what the alliance on that have, issue? Are, the alliance have are the numbers, though. Uh, that uh, I I would expect that what their plan is is that there's a lot more of them than there are of Tories. So if they get this new merged party, effectively, it's a it's a takeover of the of the Tory party realistically by a much larger alliance party. Today. Well, it looks that way too because they say they're flooding the Tory party with memberships. Right. All the alliance guys are buying Tory memberships so, so once, they'll control the, tor- the local Tory uh, machines. Yeah, so once the PC party is gone, then the policy can be whatever the majority want it to be. So uh, if one were cynical about it, one could suggest that, that that would be the end game. But fundamentally, I think a problem for the for the grassroots alliance person, the true believer, if you like, is this first thing though, that I think they would see that they were selling out if they decided to get pragmatic because it's a party of ideology they believe in the bottom up grassroots well some of them do but there are ideologues in the liberal party too and in the pcs but it's a the liberal party is a party of pragmatism though you've got you've got a bit of everything in there for sure but but i think that a liberal doesn't see compromising and sort of the the deal making that goes on behind the scenes and all that as being the end of the world because it's like we see well that's the way things get done but i think that somebody who who's gone out and started a new party up saying we're going to be different we're going to be fresh alternative you know they're just sick of what they see as corruption in ottawa and the, and the, the coziness and all that for them to sort of come around and say, well, maybe we have to do it that way too. I think that would be extremely disturbing. Maybe they don't, though. That's what I was saying before. Maybe they don't have to do that. Maybe what they have to do is to take the positive planks in the conservative platform, and the NDP for that matter, take all the things that really make sense and would improve this country, create their own platform, and say, you know, we are the guys, these are the guys tell you all. Look what the liberals tell you all this stuff. They've stolen ideas here, there, and everywhere, but have they implemented them? No, they haven't. We are the government that will implement the things you Canadians want. I think they've got some mileage there. I don't don't see them doing that. but, but what would constitute a positive policy? Okay, you're a PC or you're a, an alliance person and you're looking at the Liberal Party. What policy would you consider would be positive? Well, and, and sellable too. Because, you know, I, for instance, it, it occurs to me that, that my area of interest, principal area of interest, uh, poverty, human rights, all that kind of stuff, I, I've never actually heard what the alliance would do if they were the government on those things. I assume the worst because they don't say a lot of things mm-hmm. that, that seem warm and fuzzy. Um, but so from their perspective, what they would see as a good thing to do with welfare, for instance, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I've never actually heard. Well, what is the be- ultimately, what is the best thing to do for welfare? Well, let me ask you that. What's, what should we be doing? Well, being an incurable optimist, I think we should have full employment. That, that should be the goal instead okay, of so uh, how we de- do deficit that? reduction. Well, how do we make that a plank of our, of our platform? Uh, well, let's well, ask Bob because he's a bit of the economist here. How do we get full employment? You don't. It's an impossibility because um, that requires everyone. That, that's, that's a prescription for slave labor. Some people are unemployed by choice. So I don't want to see people being forced so, to okay, work. Okay, let's come back to the, um, to the welfare thing. How do we fix welfare? Uh, well, first of all, you make it voluntary. All welfare should be voluntary. Um, what do you, you mean, do, you, voluntary on whose part? On the per- person who's giving to the welfare plan. You can't have forced, coerced welfare because then you just have spiraling costs until no one will have any protection. Okay, so, so that's where Canada's heading right okay, now. Okay, so you got people there who say, some people to say, I'm willing to support it, and some people who don't, and you've yep. got more people who need it than will support it. Now what do you do? Uh, that's, not, that's never been the case in the past. There's no historical reference that even can suggest that. What about the, 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 uh, the, uh, sec, the point of welfare, let me finish the argument, is you, you don't have universal programs. You don't 
uh, provide welfare to people by taking over industry. You provide it to them by directly helping them. That's how you do it. Uh, you know, somebody says, gee, I don't have enough money to take the train. Well, the government, instead of saying, okay, we'll give you the extra money you need to take the train. Uh, no, they don't say that. They say, we're going to run the train industry. Okay, and then they say, well, I haven't got enough money for, for my health care. Instead of giving you the money, the little extra you might need to cover your expenses, no, mm -hmm. they're going to run the whole health care system. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough money for to educate my kids. Instead of giving you the money, the government says, we're going to run the education system. And then they rob you blind. But how is that any, different? How is it any different ultimate, uh, ultimately because you still have people with their hand out? Well, you're always going to have people with their hand out. Always, well, always, argue always. That you need them there, too. Uh, that uh, I remember one uh, person who said something which struck me very strongly, which was she said, I've got to have unemployed, unemployed people out of there in order to give me a reason to get out of bed to, in the morning and go to a job I hate. Well, is that, unre is that an unreasonable thing to no, say? No, I think that's quite striking. So maybe we need to have poor people. Then if we need to have them, the question is, how should they live? You know, If we need them, uh, what are we willing to give to have them there. Uh, but fundamentally, I guess the question comes back to what can a guy like Myron Thompson, for instance, as an Alliance MP, what, 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 how far can he compromise his principles and still be him uh, to be a populist? But what does it matter? Ultimately, five years from now, what does it matter? Myron Thompson, with the greatest respect, may very well be dead five years from now. He's, a, he's getting on in years. Um, he's one of the founding fathers of the Reform Party. But as, as the new conservative party goes along, uh, ten years from now, what, what, you know, what are these old war horses going to mean to the party, if anything? Well, but my sense was that when, uh, when Preston Manning tried the alliance idea, that it, that it was the most moderate of the alliance people who ended up leaving ultimately the Deb Grays you know who I think could have been a credible prime minister mm -hmm. uh, you know it was the more moderate ones the ones who went into that little thing for, for whatever they called it little alliance thing for a year or so and then got the big heck and had to come uh, back with their tail between their mm -hmm. legs so if anything it was the moderates of that party who who are now gone uh, it's the more hardcore of the party who survive we have to pause for a moment this is left right and center with Schlemmer and Metz we're back to take your calls at 643-1290 what do you think Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. Bob Mess, Jeff Schlemmer with us today. We've been talking about Unite the Right. I want to change the focus just a little bit and ask either of you guys, either of you guys, do you think there's any room in the immediate future for Unite the Left? This is something that's been overlooked, I think. We've seen the Liberal Party move steadily to the right. Certainly, there's no room for leftists in the uh, in the new conservative party. Um, the NDP suffering from lack of proportional representation, but their 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 support, at least in Ontario, was 15 percent this time, which is not to be sneered at. It's not wasn't a huge number, but it's not to be sneered at. Part of that, I think, was they didn't they never developed a campaign that resonated with with Ontarians. As you know, keep the power for yourself. I honestly don't think most people knew what that meant. You know, they just it was all fuzzy for them. Um, the the sort of the fall of the NDP flag, people loved it, but anybody who's tried to make sense out of it couldn't do so. But I wonder if they came up with more cohesive policies. Do you think there's any chance that the future we might see some of the disaffected, uh, uh, the pink liberals move over to the to the uh, to the NDP? Is there any 
Is there any point or any possibility of a unite the left? I'm surprised you're looking at it that way. I would have said NDP is going to the liberals because the liberals already believe in public power. Mm -hmm. um, they've been and they've been screaming, "Make the rich pay!" For, since ever I got involved in politics. Mm -hmm. Okay, they just say it more. I don't know. Subtly, rich are never going to pay uh, for anything. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they say "make the rich pay," they always mean the middle class. I mean, that's a Marxist yeah. thing, and the Marx hated but, the middle class. But th that's a good but, question about uh, whether the NDP should at some point consider folding in, and I. I I'm really torn on that front because uh, on the one hand, uh, one way of looking at it is that if you brought the NDP members into the Liberal Party, they would have an influence on theoretically moving that party somewhat to the left. Uh, so in that sense, the question is always if you're a, a left-wing true believer, do you do more good inside a party at these policy conventions and stuff or do you more, do more good at having a rump party? And I think the, the most vivid example of that I can think of recently is the Ralph Nader campaign in the United States. Mm -hmm. And that Ralph, you know, very credible guy, seems like a very smart guy and ran a ran a pretty credible campaign and sucked away enough voters to get George Bush elected. So if you're somebody who supported him, would you think that that was a good thing to have done? You know, certainly he got some issues onto the national agenda, uh, you know, that uh, some publicity, I guess. But at the end of the day, uh, just about everything that, uh, that everybody did to help Ralph Nader probably resulted in a country that's a lot less like they would like to see it than it would have been if they had just stayed home. Jeff said earlier in I believe he's correct when he says that the, quote, philosophy, end quote, of the Liberal Party is pragmatism. But pragmatism isn't really a philosophy because you have to ask pragmatic with what goal in mind. Okay, so, so when you're talking about the Liberals, essentially they have two goals, and that's one, to stay in power, and the other one, to implement socialism. So when you're mostly the when, first one, actually, well, that's mostly <laughs> in, the first. That's in my true. experience, uh, you're right. And uh, but again. What that means is that if you're talking pragmatism, you have to be very careful because a pragmatic conservative and a pragmatic liberal may, may both be pragmatic, but do totally different things mm -hmm. that they believe to be pragmatic. That word doesn't really define anything. And when you're being pragmatic with, with power and government control and socialism, there's nothing to stop you. There's, there, I mean, socialism is basically organized. I, I know people hate this, but it, it's what it is. It's organized um, theft of the populace. That's all it is. It's, it's the use of force in, in social relationships, which is uncivilized. I'm sorry, it's uncivilized. A civilization is a society that bans the initiation of the use of force, and that includes government. Jim, you've been frustrated all week about why things that people in politics just can't do because you can't do good with a gun. You know, G is for gun. G is for government. Okay. G is not for goodness. It's not for goodness. No. And that's this, this. This is when I first comprehended how important that was. And that was when I read Ayn Rand. She said most people forget that government's an institution of force. Therefore, what do we in a free society properly use an institution of force for? And that's only for self-defense, courts, police, military, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. That's all that government is there for. Social things are for people to do. Not to, you know, if I went out with a gun and went down my neighbor's street and started pointing the gun at all my neighbors and saying, well, you know, Mrs. So-and-so up the street needs our help, hand over your money, I'd be put in jail in two seconds flat. But for some reason, we throw morality out the door when it comes to politics and we say, well, it's okay if we get together as a democratic gang mm -hmm. and do the same thing. And yet we think that the moral outcome will somehow be different and it never, ever, 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 ever is. And today we are living in a society. I don't know. I've got a grandchild come, you know, in this world now. This kid's got a burden on him. He's going to be carrying the health care and education expenses of his grandparents, his great grandparents, his parents. 
because of that debt that he's going to have to pay taxes. Yeah, when he starts that's working. gone down by a lot in the last five years. Paul Martin's going to chop her down some more. But still. spending hasn't. You, no, part of GDP's your life that is free is less minute, than 50%. Wait a well, how much is it? It hasn't gone down 10%. Well, so the GDP has gone up a lot, though. So the question is sort of how much do we owe compared to how much we got? But fundamentally, I think that... Uh, well, that's not the question. As a part, the question is a moral issue, party, Jeff. And you're always just, avoiding it. You're always, you just think it's a matter it's of pragmatism. No, so here's a pragmatic person who doesn't care whether you... It's like, or whether you, you look get at politics like Paul Martin, are they immoral? No, they're not immoral. They're good, fine people. You know, do I agree with everything they do? No, I don't. Do we have a government that works pretty well? Yeah, it seems to lurch along. First of all, country runs as well. I as didn't say they were immoral. In history, you know, you should read so, a, a woman called like, Isabel Patterson. She has a wonderful essay called "The Humanitarian with the Guillotine," and it starts with the sentence that all the harm in the world is done by good people with good intentions. Like most of the harm in the world is done by good no, people no good with good intentions. Unrewarded. It's or because unfinished, people they think they can do good with a gun and that's basically the but bottom what, what line what we need to do is look at some different types of parties you know these parties are all the same i think that there should be a new party that should be the governance by poll party and they say we'll govern exactly by poll and if you want something done just talk to a pollster and i think there should be a party that's the celebrity party we have that, be, no we have that. It's, called the, it's right? called the liberal party is the government <laughs> by poll well at least they'd be calling what it is <laughs> but we should have a celebrity party and it should be a party that will only have celebrities as candidates i think that's i a bet great you they idea. would form the government yeah if you just rounded up our and top i bet you it wouldn't Wayne Gretzky, it wouldn't, any, it wouldn't be any worse than we, what we've got now. <laughs> I think you're well, right. Now there's cynicism <laughs> for you. Eh? <laughs> well, but is that any worse? Who, who would you rather have, uh, have a, 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 a nimble colonnette or Wayne Gretzky uh, working in your cabinet? Which exactly. one would you want to have? Exactly. Well, if you're always reducing it down to that kind of choice, I mean... Go ahead. Vote for the lesser of a given number of evils. You're always going to end up with the bottom line. Well, now you're evil, assuming you know? that Wayne Gretzky's an evil? Well, he might, he no, might I mean, be a very good politician. <laughs> but you're talking about... You're talking about people. No, I agree that you don't have to have quote uh, political experience uh, to 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 do good things in politics. I think you have to have a clear direction of where you're going, why you're going there, and how to get there. And uh, you know, I've spent 20 years doing that. I, Jim, you complain about all the political parties uh, this election. You said every one of them had a policy. That you that you didn't like or something like that. Well, you know? they all, they, there was none uh, of them that I could say, boy, I like you guys. Why is that? Because I think, uh, because I think it's a mishmash. I don't think any of them have truly thought through the implications of what their policies mean to Canadians. That's what I think. I mean, to Ontarians. So how did you vote? Did you vote strategically? Is that what you no, did? I'm not, I'm not uh, saying. I'm not. No, I'm not asking you who you voted no. for. I'm just asking you how you voted. I voted reluctantly. <laughs> well, that sounds like a strategic vote, and and you know that can be very frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, what didn't you like about Freedom Party's policy? Just out of curiosity, you interviewed Paul McKeever. I did. I did interview Paul McKeever. One of the things I didn't like about the well, it wasn't so much I didn't like about the policy. It was that I didn't believe that the policy was uh, resonating with the common Ontarian. Uh, and it was my observation to talking to many people about it. And I think that was the weakness of that party. That's the weakness of any new party, and that may change with time. Um, I did not believe that a vote for Freedom Party was a meaningful vote in this election. Because See, and I believe completely opposite. Well, Ever since I started the party, I've never is. thrown my vote away, and I've never felt guilty about how I voted, because I know that those policies are what the province needs. I know this. Well, let me and say I'll also that some of the, not necessarily in this area, although I'm not going to name any names, but some of the candidates were not impressive. That may be a, that may be a case. No. That, 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 that was a case but for then, all of the parties. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the liberals, for example, I thought the liberals had some intelligent things to say, uh, but they started going on about two-tiered health care. We're going to stamp it out, which to me is, is the mark of idiocy. I mean, I, I don't know anybody 
I really don't know anybody who has actually sat down and thought it through. I know lots of good and well, well, well-meaning people who've thought about this issue and who've come away thinking that it's a bad idea. I don't know anybody who's thought it through logically to its conclusion who thinks that. Because I don't believe it's possible to think anything else. I don't believe I don't believe that a, that a, an intelligent person, having considered everything, all the elements of this, could possibly be in support of a system that doesn't allow you to seek medical care when and how you want it. I can't imagine any right think right thinking. Well, it's person. interesting because again, Freedom Party is the only party that would support the policy you just suggested. I don't don't disagree and, with that. And, and and yet, I figure you didn't vote for Freedom Party. Well, I wouldn't uh, say that oh. necessarily. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get any answers out of them today. Am I? Uh, well. Oh well. Yeah, in fact, we're well. not going to get any more answers out. Well, we're not only are we out of time, we've gone over time, gentlemen. Thank you so much for everything, and thank Ryan you, Ryan, for getting me off the hook there. Yeah, uh, Bob and Jeff will be back next week for the next edition of Left, Right, and Center. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned. There's more to come on News Talk 1290 CJBK.